Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diglett. Tonight to Hope and Healing, our journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. That's right, from coast to coast, you can find us here every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. That's 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That is 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Eastern Time Zone, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here tonight. That's right, from coast to coast, every Monday night at 9 p.m., you can find us here on the Soul of America Radio Network. This show is designed with you in mind as we address the issues of domestic violence, domestic abuse, abandonment, rejection, divorce, isolation, grief, whatever have caused that pain. We're about that journey from uh, that journey to healness and that journey journey to wholeness as we take this journey dealing with this issue of domestic violence and those issues that surrounds it today. So even now, you can call a friend, call a neighbor, let them know they can join us right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. As a matter of fact, www.soulofamericaradio.com. Or you can listen to us live at area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight here on Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. And I'm very glad to be with you tonight. So much to be talking about. So much to discuss tonight as we get ready to get into our show. I can tell you uh, media has been going crazy all day long with the uh, uh, story that broke today with the NFL. That's the National Football League. Uh, when the decision was made to uh, to release, to terminate the contract of the Baltimore Ravens, I should now say the former Baltimore Raven running back and star running back at that, Mr. Ray Rice. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit there. Uh, but not only uh, was this a day of about that, but it's a day about so many things that came as a revelation, a startling revelation of what took place. And uh, in the show tonight, we're going to do some backtracking. We're going to take you back and kind of give you a timeline of what happened there uh, with the situation with Ray Rice. And uh, if you've followed it, I want to make sure that tonight that I'm going to set, I want to set some things in place because 
two things I'm not. I'm not a bandwagon a jumper. I don't jump on bandwagons. I don't I don't just run for a topic because it's hot. One reason I can stand tonight and be so confident in what we're saying because we have been doing this over 20 years. We have stood on the front line. We have been yelling and screaming from the mountaintop about the uh, atrocity of the act of domestic violence. We've been talking about how it impacts families, how it impacts communities, how it impacts lives. We have been doing this faithfully. And guess what? Regardless of who the individuals were, both victim and perpetrator, because our stance is that anybody and everybody deserves to live a life of dignity, a life in health, a life inside of peace. No one deserves, let me just say it again, no one deserves to be in an abusive relationship. No one deserves to be assaulted by anyone, and no one definitely doesn't ask for it. So I want to just dispel those type of faults and comments that are out there already that a person somehow or another uh, must like domestic violence, somehow or another they must look for it, somehow or another they, they just got to have it because there's nothing further from the truth than that. And so we have to dispel this whole situation when we begin to talk about this issue of domestic violence because one thing, that there's a lot of ignorance and a lot of misinformation that is out. Let me say it again. There's a lot of ignorance. Let me say that ignorance, a lot of ignorance and misinformation that is out there as it relates to the subject matter. We have to be people that are astute enough, uh, empowered enough, educated enough to have an intelligent conversation, one that not only empowers us, but a conversation that also engages us inside of this work. I want to take it another step further beyond just the empowerment and engagement part. We've got to understand that we have to be people that are on the front line that with solutions. I don't want our time together just to be filled with rhetoric and a bunch of uh, uh, anecdotal things. We must deal with this from the very grassroots and from the things that we deal with and the things that we see happening every day that destroys the very culture of our society. You've heard me say it time and time again, and whether I quote it one way or another, you heard me say it before, our families are torn by violence, our communities are destroyed by violence, our faith is tested by violence, therefore it's incumbent upon us as a people. We must respond to domestic violence and those social ills with not only knowledge, education, empowerment, but also with compassion and understanding. We do have to understand the long-term impact of domestic violence go far beyond the incident itself. In other words, the incident might have lasted but a short while, but the impact of it lasts oftentimes a lifetime. There's no one that ever been in part of domestic violence that have gotten out of it unscathed because the fact that you have witnessed such an egregious act the reality is the fact that you are dealing with it in one way or another. And oftentimes that way is often transferable. Like, what do I mean by that? Oftentimes that way is transferable to uh, a subsequent relationship. So, therefore, a lot of the things that the victim endured, they find themselves also playing it out. So I want to take this time tonight. I want to encourage you to call a friend, call a neighbor, share with someone on your social media pages that Hope and Healing is on the air. And I'm your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad to be here tonight. And we're very glad tonight because we definitely will have with us uh, the president, the founder of Solo America Radio, uh, will be on with us. That's right, Mr. Tony Solis will be here inside of it. You better believe as, as this news broke today, uh, he was one of the first ones to uh, actually begin to post and uh, about it, even making me aware about it, and I started getting calls from everywhere. Even on today, I've been on our local ESPN radio station here talking about this subject matter because it is one that uh, – definitely needs uh, to have attention brought to it. But I need you to understand that the attention being brought to it should not be because it's Ray Rice, an NFL superstar. 
but the attention brought to it should be because of the fact that domestic violence in and of itself is an atrocity in our life. It is barbaric. It should not be occurring. No one should ever have to endure it. No man, no woman, no boy, nor girl should have to be victims at this horrific end of domestic violence. <clears throat> so as we prepare tonight, I want you to tell a friend, call a neighbor, let them know that we're on the air tonight, hoping, healing, a journey to hold us. Now, before we go too much further, I do apologize. Over the last two weeks, we've had some technical difficulties uh, inside of our system, and we have I've gotten that taken care of. At least as of, it has been taken care of since uh, we had the uh, technicians to come out to do what they need to do. So that's very good to know that we're able to be on and hopefully uninterrupted tonight. But I want to take the time, because I missed this a few weeks ago, and for last week I should say, because those of you that uh, listen to us, you know that there's a few ways that you can also follow me. Uh, those of you on social media, we have Facebook pages. One of our Facebook pages is called Domestic Violence It Is Your Business. That's an open page there, Domestic Violence It Is Your Business. I want to implore you to go to that page on Facebook, join it as an open group. I would love to have you to be a part of it. Go to that group and uh, join it because on that group we, there are things that are being posted all the time about domestic violence. People are posting their own stories and testimonial, but most of all there's information and resources uh, about domestic violence, where to turn, that you'll also find there. But also there's another page that is called, and this is our uh, page here, that's called Destiny by Choice 2, Fellowship. Now let me say this, Destiny by Choice, Roman numeral 2, Fellowship page. This page here is the antithesis, if I may use that term, of the other page. This page here is about uplifting, it's about inspiration, it's about testimony, it is about uh, bringing peace in the midst of storms of your life. It is about an oasis in the middle of the desert, and so that's what this page is all about. And so we have a Destiny by Choice 2 fellowship page. It's a spirit-filled, drama-free uh, page on social media where you can go, and I'm telling you, it just the presence of it being welcome, listening to different things that are there, sharing your own things there for us, worship, praise, testimony, songs, whatever it might be. But I want to also call your attention to the fact inside of dealing with this tonight that uh, – that we also have different contests that is going on on this particular page, Destiny by Choice 2. So this is what I want to bring your attention to. On last, on the month of August, we had two winners that were our winners in our different contests there. Our first winner was our Daily Bread, and that's the Daily Bread there, uh, victory winner for August was none other, and I'm going to give you a drum roll here in a second, Regina, Regina F. Milligan. So we want to give Regina a, a hand and a and uh, just her not only participating, but for her being there faithfully each day with this particular uh, Daily Bread winner. And so, you know, I want to just take the time and uh, let's give her a hand uh, today for, for uh, yeah, there you go. Let's give her a hand for uh, being that Daily Bread winner. And uh, she's done so faithfully inside of it, and she's been our winner uh, not only in that, department but in other contests before and uh, Regina has uh, been very faithful and dedicated to it and then we had a winner uh, also in our daily roll call and uh, I think Daryl may have won before but he's back and he's back better than ever and we want to congratulate Mr. Daryl R. Samuel for being our winner of the daily roll call that means that he's consistently being the first to post on the daily roll uh, call the daily uh, roll call each and every morning for the month of August. So let's uh, join in and give Daryl a hand as well. I uh, want to give him a hand. That's right. We're just uh, 
being consistent and staying the course there, and we're glad to have them to be a part of it today. And so what we want to do in congratulating them, I just want them to know that we so appreciate their, their dedication, their commitment to not only share, but to be a part of this, and there are so many things that are going on. Now, as we get ready to go into this tonight, and I'm going to just hit this, and I want to invite you here that a lot of tonight's show is, if you would, was motivated by the situation with the NFL and Ray Rice situation here that have gone forth. If you have not heard about that, perhaps you've not turned on television, perhaps you've not gone on social media, perhaps you've not even turned on radio. It has dominated the headlines because of what it's worth. And I want to try to give you some type of an account of what has taken place here with this whole Ray Rice story here. And by the way, there's a very, um, how do I put it? There's a very gruesome video that is out. There's a gruesome video that is out, and uh, you'll find it posted on um, our Soul of America radio page. You'll find it there. Just go to www.soulofamericaradio.com page, and when you go there, you're going to go to our blog. You're going to see the blog there, and you will see the raw footage of this particular uh, uh, atrocity that took place here. Uh, with Ray Rice, uh, and Ray, you know, before this time was known as a pretty good guy, and everyone thought he was kind of low-key and all those things there. But once again, I need to say this. You can't not necessarily identify a perpetrator of domestic violence just by their looks, just like you can't not necessarily identify a victim of domestic violence just because of their looks. The reality is that the domestic violence uh, victims as well as domestic violence, um, uh, not only domestic violence victims, but domestic violence victims and perpetrators often, often look very uh, much like everyday individuals because they are. But there's a serious issue that is going on inside of this. So I want to do this tonight. Uh, before we take our break, I think I want to do this tonight. I want to challenge you to not only listen in, but I want you to understand the severity of what we're talking about here. This goes beyond. This goes beyond. I want to say this to you again. This goes beyond any matter of just talking about it. I need us to be about it and understanding why we have to raise the issue on this. Now, Ray Rice, and for those of you that don't know about the Ray Rice story, Ray Rice is a young running back. He's played with the Baltimore Ravens. He has been uh, their star running back. He's been their star uh, running back for the last few years. And uh, Ray Rice is not a very big guy for his size and everything, but Ray Rice is definitely uh, a giant inside of the things that um, he does on the field. Now, why is this important? I want you to understand that this is important because of what has taken place and transpired. This news first broke with us all, the incident of Ray Rice in then his fiance Janae Palmer, um, really took place back in February. See, back in February, the story broke broke because of Ray Rice. Uh, there was just a little partial video of uh, the situation with his, once again, then fiance, she's now his wife, uh, Janae, uh, coming off the elevator, and Janae was out cold. No one know what happened. A lot of folks are speculating, well, how we know what happened, what precipitated as if there was a reason that could justify anybody, especially any man, knocking out a woman. Now, I know that some of you are thinking already, what about Jay-Z and Solange? We're going to come to that, and uh, we're going to come to that in just a little bit. But my point to you right now is the fact of uh, what have taken place with the Ray Rice situation. 
And so back in February was that this incident first took place. When it took place and everything, of course, Ray Rice was uh, he was arrested and things, and uh, the NFL uh, basically uh, they gave him a two-game suspension, a two-game suspension for what he had done. Ray did press conferences, came on, ap- apologized. His, uh, uh, by that time, uh, Janae had, was now his wife. I need you to understand this incident uh, um, happened on the heels of the fact of um, them getting married. See, it was in February that the incident happened with Janae Palmer and Ray Rice. And even in the press conference, you would see that Janae was there. But if you know anything about victimization, you don't know anything there, you could see that she was there not because she was happy-go-lucky. But this was more or less a place of fear and a place where she felt that she had to stand by her man. Now, some of you already are saying, well, what do you mean, stand by her man? She's crazy because she went on and married him. No, she wasn't crazy at all. See, what we fail to understand is the dynamics of domestic violence. That happens oftentimes from the mindset of a person who's been victimized. See, inside of that abusive relationship, what they often look at is that it's not abusive every day to them. So they look at the times that are good, uh, oftentimes seemingly outweigh the times that are bad. But yet still, when they're bad, they're real bad. And so inside of dealing with this situation that have happened here, this have gone on to a whole nother level. And what do you mean a whole nother level? So Ray Rice, uh, inside of that situation, he apologized profusely at that time. Uh, a news conference, you had a lot of his teammates and people from the world of athlete, athletics that spoke up for him. And, Ray, we got you back. We support you. We're brothers and all those things there. There were those that were saying that, hey, listen, uh, why does she even, you know, uh, why did this even happen? And then the fact that she married him a month later in March, many people start questioning whether or not uh, the reality was the fact that he abused her. Perhaps they were in some type of lover's quarrel or whatever. But the rationale that people use to try to justify someone abusing someone else is almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable because literally what we're saying is that somehow or another a person could commit an act that is worthy or that is that, that, that warrants a person being abused. We've got to check ourselves from the neck up because that is some warped thinking. That is really warped thinking to really think that we could just do these type things and, uh, and for it not to be addressed. Here's my issue here, and I want to say this because this is so real. And you can jump in at any time. Matter of fact, after the break, we'll take some calls. Uh, you can call in at area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. That's how you'll be able to reach us. But here's the thing that, that concerns me. Yes, she married him. But you have to once again understand the, the, the victimization uh, of that. You know, when when you look at her background, where she might have come from, and in many cases, let me not just talk about Janae, let's talk about victims a lot. When what they saw initially from this individual was a loving individual, a person who reached out, a person who may have treated them and wined them and dined them, that image is still locked in their mind. That's what they believe the most. And so now when you start having these incidents of violence, especially physical violence, uh, the victim wants to believe that the days that she remembered will come back again. So they want to believe hope against hope that this is only temporary. They're only going through stuff. You know, maybe you know, workload is too much. Maybe you know, uh, you know, you know, they're going through things, and so they want to believe this. But most of all, in many cases, when they have been afforded a lifestyle such as she had there, a lot of times that is one of the things. There is the fact of 
people not wanting to let go a lifestyle that they have now embraced and become comfortable with. So let's try to balance this thing. Well, it's not like he hits me every day or let's see. All I got to do is make sure I don't say nothing that he doesn't like. I don't do something crazy or I, I do what they ask. And so the rationale inside of mine that if I just do, if I just do, then everything is all right. So the victim end up taking on the responsibility uh, to do the right thing, but it's not the victim that is causing the abuse. It's really the perpetrator themselves. But what does victim do? They do this. And so now, when the situation happened after the uh, elevator incident that happened there, and when she went back to him, and for those that say, well, she's crazy, it's not that she's crazy like that. Her sense of reality is this. She doesn't believe that it will be that way always. She's had days where it wasn't that way. Another part about it is the fact that lifestyle, if that lifestyle is something that she is now have, have digested and, and have inhaled and feel like this is the lifestyle she wants, she began to rationalize in her own mind. You know, it'll get better. Well, once we're married, you know, this just was a hard day. I know he loves me. All of those things are going on in the mindset. So they do what they do. But regardless of the decision that they make to go back, it does not justify any reason for a person to be that abusive. So if you want to know what really happened, once again, you can go to our www.soulofamericaradio.com. You can go to you can go right there to that website, and you can go right there to our uh, blog page there, and you will be able to view that in its entirety tonight. And so what I want to say to you tonight is that the tragedy and the travesty of, uh, of the Ray Rice situation, Janae Palmer Rice, and I keep want to make sure that we don't forget about Janae Palmer Rice because, you know what, once again, the victim gets lost in the midst of this conversation because we tend to look at the quote, unquote, the perpetrator, the superstar, the celebrity. Well, in the words of the great poet, I, you know, ain't I a woman too? I'm quite sure that's what Janae is asking. Is she not a woman too? And so we have to be very careful about that. And let's not make this about Ray uh, so much. We've got to understand the injury and the impact that came to Janae. And then on top of that, inside of the now delayed response from the NFL, which is probably the more appropriate response, now – he is now banned. He's trying to say he's suspended indefinitely from the league, so that definitely affects livelihood. So do you not understand how domestic violence is a two-edged sword in, each and, in and of itself? And yet it's still people that are up under sort of most, most uh, gruesome acts of violence and things of that, of that nature find themselves still feeling somewhat trapped. If I leave, but what if they find me? If I go, where will I go? And then leaving and trying to make it on their own. It's not always easy. As a matter of fact, you need to understand the most gravest time of danger for a victim of domestic violence is once they decide to leave and leave that abusive relationship. I just want you to get that in. Listen, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm going to be right back after the break. We're going to be taking your calls after the break. See you then. Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is the Soul of America Radio. Thank you for listening to J.R.L. Thicklin, Hope and Healing, 
A Journey to Wholeness. We feature every Monday night a show solely devoted to people that are going through abuse. Some type of problem in your lives that you can't work out. We mainly focus on domestic violence, the cancer in our lives. Join J.R. Thicklin, your host, here every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock p.m. Central, right here on the Soul of America Radio. You can contact Jay every Monday night at 323-784-9638. Or you can listen to him online. Just follow at soulofamericaradio.com and listen for look for live streams. And that way you can speak or listen, whichever your choice may be. Thank you for joining us tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin, on the Soul of America Radio. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. Here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. your host, J.R. Thickman, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight, right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. Just before the break there, we begin to segue into this whole uh, call and about this whole issue with the Ray Rice, and I'm calling the Ray Rice situation only so it can be identified as to what have led this particular show and this content to be brought out tonight's show. But what I want you to understand tonight is that what is so uh, vitally important here is the fact that we don't lose we don't lose the real story matter here inside of this Ray Rice situation. So I want to pick up where I left off before the break, and I welcome your calls at this time. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. If you'd like to uh, have a comment or question, simply hit the number one on your keypad once you're on, and that lets our producer know that you're coming on the air, and we'll get you on the air tonight. So listen. I want to look at this because we'll give you the timeline of what happened. After this situation happened, remember uh, the NFL, Roger Goodell, the commissioner there, they slapped uh, Ray Rice with a two-game suspension, which caused actually public outroar and uh, an outcry, saying, how dare you uh, be so lenient, uh, that slap on the wrist that does not justify. Now imagine this is happening without people seeing the full video that they now have the opportunity to see. Now, this is important because as a result of the public outcry, and definitely from a lot of uh, 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 women's group as well as domestic violence advocacy and stuff, that begin to really cry out about this. Now, what did that do? This, 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 actually, this actually led us to a whole other place that inside of it that when uh, this happened, this was talked everywhere. But, see, once again, when this happened, and different ones begin to talk about it. One of my favorite uh, sportscasters and announcers, Stephen A. Smith, ended up being suspended by ESPN for a whole week because of comments that he made that I personally think was taken out of context. Now, 
what does Stephen A. Smith say? Stephen A. Smith talked about the fact he, he made it very clear that he totally disagreed with what happened with Ray Rice and what Ray Rice did was an atrocity and that there's never an excuse to ever put your hands on a woman. But here's what was taken out of, out of content. Stephen A. Smith then began to say, as if he was addressing the women, and women, you need to understand that when you're in these type of situations and getting out, you, uh, you don't need to do anything to provoke the matter. That is the problem. When Stephen A. Smith began to talk about provoking the situation, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, people took it as if he was saying that a woman could do something to cause domestic violence to happen. And that's not exactly what he was saying, but we're not here tonight to defend that. But what I am, and the reason I bring that part up, because once again, one of the problems I honestly believe, and over the 20-something years I've been dealing with this subject matter, is that we have to move beyond our own personal propaganda when it comes to domestic violence. Listen, all men are not abusers. All men are not perpetrators. All men do not beat their wives uh, and all men uh, uh, do not cause things like that to happen. If we go by the research that we have, then what do we know? We know from the research that we have is that only between 15 to 20% of all men even matter. So that means that it's a whole 80 to 85% of us that don't matter. But because of the, 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 the matter women's movement, especially in the early days, I do believe that a lot of things begin to not only alienate men away from this cause, but it isolated us from this cause. And I think it isolated us from a standpoint of this. I think that when it was so much about male bashing and why men are terrible and all men are this, I think that that ran away even well-intentioned men. I know that it's not been an easy road for myself as we have done this work over a period of time, that oftentimes we as men uh, are oftentimes, uh, if you would, uh, made to feel that way. One of the things I've done is make sure that I want to get men to stand up and uh, to man up and stand up against domestic violence. As a matter of fact, I want you to remember that because that's our campaign that we're launching for the month of October. And I want you to tell every man, every, and if you've got a brother, a husband, an uncle, a nephew, a, a son, I want you to encourage them because we'll be rolling that out here the 1st of October. Man up, stand up against domestic violence because I need men to, to, to uh, sound their voice about this horrific situation that's happening. And I know I have a call on the line. Look, I have my dear friend that's on the line, and we're going to get to that call uh, here right now uh, with Miss. Cynthia Wilson. Cynthia, welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You're on the air. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. So glad, I'm so glad to have you back with us tonight. What's on your heart? Well, you know, I know that there are some people that are, you know, excited about the NFL taking a stance, and we have to remember that when we're breaching this subject matter, we have to have com- compassion along with consequences. You know, we have Absolutely. to try to understand that there is something that is amiss in this young man, and he needs to try to understand what made him do what he did. And there's no excuse for abuse to anybody, anytime. And, of course, you know, we've been dealing with this issue of domestic violence for a long time. Uh, those of us that are on the front line battling this thing, um, you know, as much as we possibly can. And, and, of course, this is a great turning point, that there is now consequences to the action of domestic violence. And this isn't the first time it's taken place. 
but now that it's at the forefront, you know, I've seen a lot of comments, if you will, on Facebook calling this young man, you know, out of his name, if you will. And, you know, there has to be compassion. It's no more than if your child does something you love with discipline, you discipline with love. And, you know, my niece was murdered. So I'm not, you know, flipping cartwheels that he's lost his position in the NFL. I think that there has to be some compassion along with the consequences. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And, and Cynthia, one of the things that I think that is so important for people to understand is that you, I think you hit it on the head. We have to have uh, some compassion with consequences, but we have to look at the whole nature of everything that's going on. Would we all be talking, well, probably you and I would, but uh, but would everybody right. be talking about, about this subject matter if this wasn't a star running that's back right. for the Baltimore Raven NFL? Because what I'm saying right. is that every day in our society, domestic violence is occurring. The national average says that every 12 seconds in this country, a female is battered in domestic violence. Every six hours, one die due to domestic violence. So if we believe that and the research is there to support it, then we know there are at least four women dying every day that's due exactly to domestic right. violence. And that's just women, not to include even children and, in, and men in some cases here. So. This is happening every day. I appeared earlier today on our South Florida edition of uh, ESPN Radio, and I was, a, I, I was a caller in on that show today. And one of the things that the host was going, and he was just going on and, you know, with his part about it, but one of the things that I said to him, and I tried to get him to understand, is that, listen, the NFL, I'm not going to give them a D, but I'm not going to give them an A neither, because let's look at the fact. This incident happened in February. Okay. Oh, the, initial, the initial response to this was a two-game suspension, and, you know, and let's go and sing Kubaya. People were supporting him and everything. Great guy. Ray, we have your back. But interesting enough, the, the video from TMZ Sports surfaces today, and the mm-hmm. video is, is absolutely horrendous. It is. It is mm-hmm. horrendous. And I think if anyone sees that, they will know what I'm saying. And if you haven't seen it, you can go to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Go right there to our blog, and uh, it's been posted there. Watch it. Now, there's no audio to it. But when you see this happen, this is an egregious act. This is a horrific act of violence. I don't think there's not a man in America that if they saw their sister, their niece, or their mother being done this way would not be outraged. But here's my point. What about the hundreds and thousands that this happened to daily? And there are a camera. There isn't a video of it. So there's no video. There's no camera. And yet it's still our, our, our court system, our judicial system, uh-huh. have not done enough to really address the issue of domestic violence in the way that it should be addressed. And so my point and question to the ESPN host earlier today, <clears throat> excuse me, was very simple. Why is it that all of a sudden you guys are jumping hard on an NFL commissioner when if he look at what society's barometer is in handling domestic violence, look at the poor example that he has. He, we see people commit domestic violence, repeat offenders in and out of the system each and right. every day. Restraining right. orders that has no bite to them at all. People losing yeah. their lives, people having to relocate. Uh-huh. So this happens all the time. Inside of it, and our and our system itself is not hard enough on domestic violence. And I'm not just talking about on the punitive side, but I think what we have to begin to understand is that we got to address this issue from its infancy all the way up. Because you know what, 
these guys don't just grow up and start committing domestic violence. That's right. In many cases, and they have experienced it. This isn't it. the only case. You know, this exactly. is the only case. I've read a case where, you know, in Kansas, with the Kansas City Chiefs, a young man, I, I remember his name, but he, shot, he shot his girlfriend nine times, and then he killed himself. Once that's Absolutely. over with, the funeral is over with, there's nothing else said about it. Absolutely, and you're exactly right. I was getting ready to bring that up. As a matter of fact, I was getting ready to bring up quite a few cases that have happened in the NFL, and the reason why this is so extremely important is uh, because uh, what is happening now is the fact that people, this becomes a hot topic item. So everybody will jump on it right now. That's it's a bandwagon right. item, mm-hmm. and they'll jump on it. Yet mm-hmm. still, there have been numerous opportunities for the NFL, the NBA, the uh, the the Major League Baseball, the NHL, uh-huh. and all the other organizations to have done something uh, about this to implement a greater policy. Now, in a knee-jerk reaction, NFL is trying to do something. They're scrambling. So now they've changed now. If a person commit domestic violence, the first offense is six-game suspension. The second offense is a, 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 a ban for the NFL, but you still have a possibility of being reinstated. But I want to do this real quickly, and I know that we have callers that are listening there and stuff, and I'll ask you just to stay with us, uh, to stay with us, uh, Cynthia, because we have okay. some other callers uh, that have a comment as well. But I want to okay. say this real quick, and before we get to Mike, and, uh, boy, I definitely want Mike to get in. Mike uh, definitely uh, is red hot. And I know he's going to have a lot to say about this even on, on his show. But listen, what I want to say is very simple. As you mentioned, uh, the, the, the uh, gentleman from Kansas City Chief, I believe his name was Belcher, uh, Javon, on last year when he murdered the wife of his, I mean the, the mother of his child, a child that was yet an infant child. Uh-huh. And then he went to the place where he worked, the stadium, and killed himself. That came in, and that went out. We saw all the things there. Oh, my, can't believe it happened. Our team is really down uh-huh. right now. We're going to play for Javon. Oh, yeah. Look, uh-huh. they said we're going to play for Javon. No one mentioned the woman, his fiancée, yeah. name again. And they played for her. But where was the NFL at that point to say we've got to start implementing some things here about domestic violence. We need to create an avenue, a channel that if these guys are even having issues along that line, they need to be able to have a place that they can go, counsel, uh, a place that they can have a support group, a place where they can be able to be steered to make better decisions concerning this and deal with their inner self. The NFL didn't do a thing about that. And I want to bring yep. in I want to bring in Mike uh, here uh, right now. And just hold on, Cynthia. We'll have all you on okay. at the same time. Um, Mike, uh, welcome. Welcome to uh, Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. I know that you've been following this today. Good evening. Hey, hey, Jay. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. So what say yeah, me? Been, <laughs> I, boy, I tell you, you know, this whole situation with this Ray Rice thing, you, you point out a, a couple of things, too, uh, about the significance of this case or this issue with Ray Rice. You know, we wouldn't be talking about this thing if he wasn't a professional football player. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it wouldn't. It, nobody wouldn't have even known about that young lady getting knocked out in an elevator. Um, TMZ wouldn't. It, that footage wouldn't even be important to TMZ if it wasn't Ray Wright. You know. Absolutely. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, she had to go through this, and this, you know. Domestic violence, when you talk about domestic violence, this issue with her and Ray just didn't start today. 
You know, um, right. This a history. This, this to me, when I look at this whole situation, I look at the fact that this started a while ago. Because here's the thing: after she got knocked out by uh, by Ray Rice, she then turned around the next day, if I'm correct, and married Ray Rice. I okay. Uh huh. Well, I, I think know it's shortly after. I think she married him in March. Is that right, Cynthia? Well, I think she married yeah, him in March, uh, very next month. But, well, you know what? That that, that that goes to show you. And not saying that people don't make mistakes, but not those kind of mistakes, you know. This just wasn't the first incident that he put his hands on her. Right. Right. And and she's a bad woman, number one. That, that's the bottom line. She's a bad woman. But Red Rice, the NFL, they dropped the ball, like you mentioned, on this whole situation. But at the same time, I'm satisfied with the consequence that he got. I am very satisfied right now that he lost his job because of of him putting his hands on that young lady the way that he did. Now, there's no right or wrong way to put your hands on a woman, in my opinion, because you should never put your hand on anybody, especially a woman. And I'm talking about a man. <coughs> Absolutely. So that's exactly what he deserved, Pastor Dickley. You know, you know, as you bring that up, I wanted to do this because, of fact, we kind of all alluded to it. I want to just give you some cases that have happened in the last year alone. I can tell you since the year 2000, you know, uh, we talk about all these arrests of NFL players, over 700-something arrests there. But quite a few of them have had domestic violence. Watch this. You have a player that's currently playing right now. Here, here, are you ready for this now? This just happened yeah. earlier this, just a few months ago. Greg Hardy, defensive end with the Carolina Panthers, uh, 5-13-2014, mm-hmm. charged with domestic violence. Police responded to call, reported that a woman accused Hardy of assaulting her and threatening her. Resolution undetermined. Nothing has been done by that yet. Watch this now. We go down a little further. Not only do we have Greg Hardy there that this happened to, but then we get to, we get to of course, Ray Rice, and that there uh, – they suspended him today uh, from the league indefinitely, but that was because, once again, the videotape. Okay, let's go to another player. May not be as well known. Uh, this happened, too, once again, last year, uh, uh, November 25th. A.J. Jefferson. A.J. Jefferson, arrested, cornerback with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, domestic violence, taken to jail by Eden Prairie Police on probable cause of domestic assault, resolution undetermined, but he was cut by the team hours later. Now, why did they cut him? Let's, if you were to go back and look at A.J. Jefferson, let's see what type of uh, player was he. You know, was he that guy, you know, with that type of name? No. Okay, so we go down just a little further, and I'm just I'm doing this for the sake of showing us something that the NFL have had many opportunities to put in place a policy that would have deterred that, but not only a punitive policy, but a policy there to aid and assist these young people. Let's be very realistic, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack from this. Let's be realistic. A lot of these guys that are balling, they are there because of their athleticism and their ability to play a game. They did not necessarily, most of them did not come out of of, out of, uh, of Silver Spoon households at all. Many of them, this was their ticket out. Well, a lot of the behaviors and the things that they experienced and witnessed growing up went with them. If they did the intervention, it went with them. So guess what? They're just professional millionaires that still need help. That's right. Oh, yeah. and, and they're set up with the mentality to be above reproach. 
you know. Exactly. Uh, they're giving, you know, they're giving all of these accolades and, and all of this opportunity and all of this money and all of this power that they can do whatever they want to, and there are no consequences. And this didn't just start happening in professional no. sports. We can go no, back no. years and call up cases of athletes being arrested for domestic violence, but then they just return back to work. No doubt. Andre you have Rising. a very sad case. Y'all remember Andre Rising? Absolutely, Andre Rising. Well, you remember he was he was a uh, he was a uh, married to what was a left eye there with a uh, with a uh, uh, he dated her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was he dated her. So that situation, even beyond that, uh, Andre Rising had some things. Oh, yeah. But how many of you remember Ray Carruth? Ray Carruth, oh, there, Carruth. there are a lot of Panthers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He actually That's murdered. Right. He now, murdered him. Right, and the so, baby lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all of those things there have happened inside of that. So once again, opportunities have been there for the NFL uh, to make changes. I'm going back and looking at one that was even more recently. Once again, May of last year. Here's another domestic violence. Uh, Daryl Washington, Arizona Cardinals linebacker, uh-huh. arrested oh, yeah. domestic violence, accused of assaulting ex girlfriend, grabbing her by the throat and shoving her to the ground. Resolution oh, yeah. undetermined. Watch mm-hmm. this NFL. Here are opportunities. Watch what I'm saying because they continue to happen here. Amari uh, Speedy, Detroit uh, Detroit Lions, who are playing right now, by the way, uh, March 26, 2013, domestic violence charge, accused of third-degree assault, risk to injury to a child and disorderly conduct in dispute with girlfriend about child support. Resolution, once again, undetermined, meaning that there's not been anything done about these cases. Not only watch mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Nothing has been done. These are pending cases that the NFL have going on, and nothing has been done. They're sitting there. And so I understand my point is this. Had not there been the video and had not been this superstar athlete here, it Uh would not have been done even today. So once again, we go back to the fact of some people's lives are a little bit more valuable than others. And Cynthia, uh-huh. to your point, what happened? We are now sending the message that people are above the law. They're above anything because they have value. They are a superstar. And guess what? Don't you dare bother America's entertainment. You can mess with their education all the, all day long, but you oh, dare yeah. not do anything uh-huh. to mess up our recreation and, and entertainment. We will fight for that uh-huh. when we won't fight for anything else. And the, so that's why, dollars, and the millions of dollars that they bring into the league as well. Absolutely. So all of those things are there. So what, that's why I said that I can't give them an A on what they did today because there's a lot of cleaning up that needs to be done. There's a lot of attitudinal approach that we need to become real with this. Listen, because this is a profound message. And it's a message that is at the top that, that continues to, to, to once again says that, that, that there is a differentiation when you have money and when you have status. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and so unfortunately, you know, we see that happen way too often. And and for the Mary and Jane Q public, who's been assaulted by their significant other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no consequences. And you know what, Pastor B, the rules and regulations have to be the same for everybody across the board, from the janitor to the CEO. Absolutely. It cannot Absolutely. be rules made as we go depending on who it is breaking the rules. You know, once it's Absolutely. set, everybody should have to abide by the same rule. 
Absolutely. And that's the problem we're dealing with. But I want you to hear this in a nutshell. And for those that are listening, you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. Uh, this is your host, J.R. Ficklin. You're listening on the Soul of America Radio Network. We're so very glad that you've joined us tonight as we are talking about the Ray Rice case that uh, that broke on today. And uh, we have a board full of callers that are there. And I'm so very glad that you're listening tonight. If you desire to have a comment or question, just simply dial area code 323-784-9638. And uh, as you're listening, if you desire to give that comment or question, hit number one on your keypad and our engineer will make sure that you get on the air tonight but i want to say this because once again i want you to hear me very carefully inside of what's happening here and we could might not have could have seen it years ago but watch what happened when we started doing this separation isolation at a women's movement oftentimes made domestic violence seem like all men were haters and the message was so profoundly strong that literally it alienated a lot of men period well-meaning men Good men that would that would otherwise say no way domestic violence I wouldn't stand for. But my, you then threw the baby out with the bathwater. We could not come to the table because we were on the menu. And so guess what? You made it a one versus men thing. America has been filled with with isms, classisms, sexism, racism. All the isms that have gone on. And so anytime you start throwing isms into these type of situations, you do nothing but divide us even more. And now we got an ism in the midst of this type of stuff. That listen, you're not really a batterer if you make the right income. You're not really a batterer if you have the right position. You're not really a batterer if you hold the right title. You're not really a batterer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because now you get well, privileged. And we've got to call a spade a spade. I like what you said a few seconds ago, Cynthia, whether they're the janitor or the CEO, we've got to make it something that, that, that is across the board that is wrong. It is an egregious act. It affects us. It never stops when the act stops. That is one of the reasons why we continue to raise that banner. And I, and I, and I invite each of you that are listening to me tonight uh, that may be listening and going to our Facebook page there, uh, both Domestic Violence, It Is Your Business, as well as uh, Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship, even as well as our Jay Ficklin page. Listen. I posted on there once again, help us save lives from the devastation of domestic violence. For the last few months across this country, we've had the ALS challenge, ice water challenge, and many people have been taking it. Great cause. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But most folks can't even pronounce what ALS stands for. Many of them don't know a person affected by ALS. But they got a part of the challenge because it looked like something noble to do. And yet it's still there's not a one of us that don't know somebody that's been impacted by domestic violence in one way or another. I'm not asking people to dump water on their head or ice on their head. I'm not asking them to dump anything on their head. I'm not asking them to drink hot sauce. I'm not asking them to walk across coals of fire. I'm simply asking simply to say, look, go to our page. Donate $10. Then go to five of your closest friends. Challenge them to donate $10 to the 24 hours. Why? Because there are things that we need to do. We've got to. And guess what? The way that the system is structured now, grassroots organizations such as myself, we don't always get the funding. We don't get it. Our coalition still, uh, excuse me, gets the money. That's what I meant to say, gets the money. Cynthia, you can identify with what I'm saying. So grassroots grassroots, grassroots organizations such as myself and others, we have to depend on people that know our heart and know our work. I'm not a fly-by-night. 
I've been doing this over 22 years. I've been consistent. I've been persistent. Problem is that I have started thinking outside of the box, and I'm not conventional any longer. Because with conventional addressing domestic violence, we get a bunch of rhetoric. I'm sorry to say it. We've got to move beyond rhetoric to reasoning. We have to move beyond rhetoric to resolutions. We have to move beyond rhetoric to doing the things that are going to best put us in place. And that means that we've got to educate from the ground up, from the floor up. The fact that danger of domestic violence from the time a woman conceives a child and the danger that goes along with it, because too often we've got babies that are at risk, 28% of fetal abnormalities are directly due to domestic violence occurring while the woman is pregnant. I'm saying that per- that. Baby's life is under assault and attack before they even get here. See, we got to have education in that realm. We got to have education with our young men and our young ladies. We've got to do this and, stuff. And Super Bowl Sunday is one of the highest incidents for domestic violence. Absolutely. So, with this happening, I need you all. And these are some of my friends that are on the line now. Cynthia Wilson, who's an outstanding playwriter, outstanding playwriter. This is one of the avenues and mechanisms that God has given her in order to get the message out, in order for us to understand this, folks. Listen to me very carefully. We've got to stand up and do something about this. We can't wait for the fight to come to us. We've got to take the fight to the issue. And so we have to do it from a grassroots level. If I was, listen, if we wasn't sincere about this, we wouldn't be around 20-something years later. I know it doesn't take I know that it takes much investment of time, money and energy, Cynthia, for you to do what you do. Inside of playwriting and all those things and getting things ready. Mike, you're on the line. I know that it takes it takes time, energy and money for you. I know this. I mean, to put together the type of show that you do, to reach out there and talk about talk talking about hitting the very nerve and hitting the very vein of America when it comes to a lot of our social issues that is there. We've mm-hmm. got to drive people there. So I'm going to invite yeah. them to go to our page right there on uh, on Facebook there. It is called uh, Help Me Save Lives from the Devastation of Domestic Violence. It's a GoFundMe page. It's on my page there. I'm challenged. So listen, there's not an ALS challenge tonight. There's a Help Me Save People from the Devastation of Domestic Violence challenge. You know what's been interesting, and, I, and many of you will go back and listen to this on a playback, I'm looking at my page, man, and I got a lot of folks that give me a bunch of likes. They like that. They like the picture I use. They like that. But you know what is funny? What's not corresponding with the likes is anything going to the GoFundMe page. See, we like entertainment once again. We like once again to see. We like pictures. Notice what happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened to Ray Rice of significance until they saw the video. So are we saying we need to see more blood uh, blood and flesh? Are we say we need to see more blood and tears before we do anything? Or will we say that we've cried our last cry? Our children have had their last, have had enough pain. You listen to Hope and Healing, Journey to Hold is Eric, Eric 323-784-9638. Immediately after the break, we'll take another break here. We'll come back and bring in another caller at this time. You listen to Hope and Healing, a Journey to Hold us. This is your host, J.R. Thickland, and I will see you right on the other side of this commercial break.
via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook. Through a search, you can find us. If you're listening via Internet and you want to speak to the host, Please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. I am Indy Harlem 2 and I am fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio. Worldwide, Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to SOAR. And now, back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thickland. Sitting there getting soaked, baptized, if you would, all over again. 
ALS challenge. <laughs> I'm doing it for it. I'm calling out people. And, folks, I have sent links to some of these same individuals. I've sent links to some of these same individuals about the issue of domestic violence. Some of them, even about trainings that we were sponsoring about it, and I did not get even a response. What That's amazing. Uh, because, see, this look, see, the ALS challenge was some kind of sexy, you know what I'm saying? Look at me. It shows me in a noble thing. It shows me doing something very noble. And yet it's still in the well, same week, in the same week a week ago. Can everyone hear me? Yes, uh, sir. And a, and a week ago, I was, uh, yes, sir. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. In the same vein, a week ago, I was down at a particular uh, organization, church organization, to be exact. I was invited there for the educational hour to talk about domestic violence and the role of the church and all that. There are predominantly pastors and men that are there. But you know what's interesting? As I was there, the the the, the, the great president, woman president, that invited me to come down to do it, she knew that this subject matter would be such a taboo that she didn't even tell them what, what I was going to talk about. She just had the educational, the educational hour speaker because she felt that if she had told them, they would have shown up. They'd have walked out at that part. After they got through the hymn, the hymnathon, and that's why I called it the hymnathon, but everybody was doing different hymns right behind each other, they would have walked out. So when she introduced me, she introduced me, had the handouts I sent for her to pass out to them. And what was amazing, as I looked across this audience of pastors and deacons and all these individuals there, and the stoic look that was on their faces, the stoic look, the look like, oh, my. The look like, I don't want to really hear this. The look like, oh, man. But if I was hooping and hollering, you know what I would have heard? Go ahead, doc. That's right, doc. Let me tell you something. I am a doctor. I'm the real doctor. I'm the real doctor that God assigned to the spiritual trauma center to understand that people are hurting in every type of way. And we got to stop the foolishness of having folks to walk in and out of revolving doors of the places that we call churches and sanctuaries, but we're not doing anything to bring healing to them. Folks, it's beyond this day and time. Folks cannot be just showing up just to see somebody clown for an hour. They've got to have some real substance in this day and time. And, uh, and that's what we have to be about inside of it. I think we have Tony back. Uh, we're going to get Tony back on the line here, everything. We lost him for a second. Everything. Welcome back. You're on the air, Tony. I, I know that you must have went through a, a dry spot or whatever, but you're back on the air. Uh, proceed. You know, the weird thing is I'm, I'm on a home phone, and, man, I was preaching. You know, I was rolling. Uh, oh, and I, I, I said, continued you know, on the preaching for you. I, I said, man, these guys are good listeners, you know. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Where did I leave off, Jay? Where was I at when I went out? At the very beginning, the beginning. what I want to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got oh no What I want to say is. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I wish I could, you know, rewind myself. Okay, I, I'll I'll be quick because I, I dropped on a home phone. That is weird. Uh, but <laughs> but th- how it started was um, I, I ran through it real quickly, and I, I'll do that again. Um, when this thing first kicked off with Ray Rice. And um, he he got a punishment of a two-month suspension. And so people began to get a little riled up. And they said, that's not enough. That's not enough. So 
they came, I think the NFL came after that and gave another set of rules, a harsher domestic right. violence policy, they call it. And it was called, uh, they said that uh, six games for the first offense and a lifetime ban for the second. So you got a group of people saying that's great, you know, they're, they're not convicted anyway, so that's great. Then you got another group of people going, that's not enough. So they're sort of lingering around for a while. And then, uh, then after Ray McDonald, you mentioned him earlier, he's the defensive right. lineman for the San Francisco 49ers. He's facing a felony domestic violence charge, okay? Yeah, and, which is a little bit more um, stiffer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's charged. So he yeah. hasn't, if I'm not, correct me if I'm not, I'm not a big football fan. I know that's not the manliest thing to say, but I'm not a big football fan, but correct me if I'm wrong. They haven't done anything to him, have they? Not as of yet. Now, and, this is going to put pressure on the NFL and the 49ers to do something because this is like a boiling pot. And, you know, Jay, when you let the water boil long enough, it's going to boil out and the pot's going to catch on fire. So absolutely. That's what I'm thinking we're, that's what I'm thinking we're seeing now. And so – what I was wanting to do was this thing about the policy changes. I'm kind of wondering myself, and I was going to ask you, Jay, and in, and in the callers as well, is that enough? Is, is it okay to say, well, they haven't been convicted. They've only been charged. Let's just do a six-game suspension, then a second time. Should there be a second lifetime ban? If he gets a felony charge, should there be a lifetime ban? And, and these are some of the questions I had, and I just kind of wanted to throw that out there and, and see how people felt about it. Well, you know, let me grab that for a second because I had this conversation earlier. As a matter of fact, uh, reality is that that Ray McDonald is actually from our area here in South Florida, uh, you know, from a good family. Inside of that, uh, once again, decisions that are made. And I want to I want to preface this by saying three things, and I want people to understand where we're coming from, uh, because I think Cynthia said it best. Yes, we have to have compassion even with consequences. We have to understand from whence these things emanated. Now, having said that. Tony, you hit something on the head. With what happened with Ray Rice today, it literally is going to send almost a death penalty to what to Ray McDonald's situation. Let me tell you why I say that. Now, anything is possible. Let's look at Ray Rice running back with the Baltimore Ravens. Who's the head coach? John Harbaugh. Hmm. Ray McDonald is an interesting two Rays. Mm-hmm. Watch this. I want to hear this. Only, only J.R. Thicklin would see this type of stuff. Two Rays: Ray Rice, Ray McDonald, Ray Caruth. No, oh, oh, wow. Hold oh, 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 on, Cindy. You go. <laughs> you win of the. But here's the other thing: Ray McDonald. Who does he play for? San Francisco Forty ers Who's the head coach? Jim Harbaugh. John and Jim Harbaugh, brothers. Wow. <laughs> One mm-hmm. head coach of the Forty ers Others head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Okay. Both guys named Ray. Both of them charged with domestic violence, at least in this case here, definitely. Felony domestic violence charge. Here's wow. my here's my situation here. There's gotta be a heart policy in place that this thing doesn't take on the that this thing is not contingent upon who the player is. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's gotta go beyond that. Understand inside of this, and, and listen, those of you that listen to me and those that replay this, 
go to my GoFundMe page. See, these are the type of things here. I need to get to Roger Goodell. Now, I'm not just joking when I say this. I need an audience with him because I think that there needs to be a balanced voice in addressing this situation so that there's a balanced voice that is there so that, listen, that when it's all said and done, these decisions won't happen because someone say, well, those women groups, those feminist groups, they put the pressure on him. No, that's been the problem with the domestic violence. We've made it a women's issue. We've got to understand it's not a woman's issue. It's a societal issue. It's a man's issue. It's an everybody's issue. And until we begin to address it that way, it's going to always look like somebody's doing some type of ticky-tack favor. Well, they did it because it was a women's group. No, we want them to do it because it's right to do it. It needs to be done because the acts are egregious and they affect people in ways that folks have no idea. And so we've got to make these type things happen. So inside of policy, I I mean, a few minutes ago, Tony, I know you were listening there. I was going down a list of all these unresolved cases with the NFL. I mean, I stopped at a place, you know, to my players that are still playing, some of them. Only been two now that's out of the league because of it. Or at least out of the league, not necessarily because of it. But we've, we've talked about this. We've talked about it. I stopped at it. A.J. Jefferson, and I talked about his situation there with domestic violence. He got the Minnesota Vikings, and I, I went down a little further there, and I talked about another guy uh, there uh, and his situation with domestic violence. And all of these things was talking about unresolved, unresolved. No action had been taken with him. Darrell Washington was where I stopped at. Assaulted an ex-girlfriend by grabbing her by the throat. But what? Have we done enough? What I'm saying is that we must hold them accountable. I talked about Mr. Spivey, same thing, accused of domestic violence, resolution undetermined, undetermined, undetermined. As we look through this, another Leroy Hill, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, come on. Super Bowl champion, accused of third-degree assault and unlawful imprisonment in dispute with his girlfriend. Once again, resolution undetermined. I am saying Chris Rainey. Pittsburgh uh, Steelers there, running back there, accused of slapping girlfriend in the face uh, uh, in dispute over a cell phone. Boy, isn't that amazing? Uh, he surely could not afford what? another cell phone. Chris Rainey, Chris Rainey yes. had these same issues in high school, too. Same issue. Wow. Same and so guess what? So they pass up through the ranks. So as you're saying that, Mike, is that, see, once again, it's just like any other position. The closer you get to the public or you get to the system of iconic status, the more the spotlight is shine. But oh, I yeah. promise you, if we, if we took the time to spotlight and shine that light in the infancy of it, when they are John Q. Nobody, when no one knows their name, we can deter a lot of this stuff here. Because by the time you they know get what to I'm this saying, place... You know, I mean, I wish that we had a thousand more people like you, man. I really do. And I wish that you were someone that 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 deserves the. And I'm not just saying just just to be saying this, but you need people to follow you just like they follow Creflo uh, Dollar, somebody like that, because your mission and your purpose is no disrespect to these guys are far more greater than them because you are they're not just preaching on a Sunday talking about woulda, coulda, shoulda, you're talking about some real issues in our society that needs immediate address. And we need people like you. But the unfortunate thing is that nobody is going to do uh, the, uh, the Donate Me uh, uh, GoFundMe go me, yes. account 
for you like they're doing the ice bucket challenge for LS. Man, we, 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 man, this kind of stuff pisses me off because we're fighting a losing battle right now. And people are losing their lives. Women are dying. Uh, guys are going to prison that probably possibly could get some help. We, 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 we just losing the battle, and we don't have enough of you to go around. And I wish we did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, and I appreciate and it's not that, just but... so much, but it's not just so much. We need a thousand more people. There are a lot of people. We need them to be visible. We need a thousand more men because mm-hmm. now that this has touched the NFL, where it is a predominantly male-dominated, you're going mm-hmm. to see men now begin to step up and say, "Oh my!" Because it attaches the subject attaches itself to them. When it's women, exactly. they think it's a woman's issue. But this is a society's issue. And all of us have a responsibility, whether it is the janitor, like I said, to the CEO, because do we really believe that this is something that is only conducive to the athlete, to the, to the football player? Absolutely not. This is the owner. No. This is the coaches. You know, it just hasn't come forward yet with the video. But it, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go right ahead. Can I say something to her? I mean, what sure. she spoke on this morning ago. Sure. Um, you know, one of the biggest issues that we have with the NFL and other organized sports is that people know things are happening, but they don't come forward. You know, um, these things, like I said, are not just happening. The people in these organizations, they know these things exist, but they say, you know what? Great, man. You got to knock that off, man. We got, man, we, we, I mean, this thing is bigger than just, you know, uh, you, you get into these little altercations with your woman or your wife or whatever. Man, we're trying to get a Super Bowl championship. Ain't nobody pulling Ray to the side and say, Ray, man, you dead ass wrong. Excuse my language. You dead wrong for being up, not, uh, not, uh, um, being up on that woman, man. Look, look, hey, ain't nobody calling the cops on them. Hey, if, if, if they never would have had this surveillance camera or they. They never had that footage. She probably would never been charged as harsh. As Absolutely. We got to hold people accountable. Accountability. Athletes or whatever, we got to hold each other accountable. And one thing that I believe in, and I'm not going to hold this show up. I'm done after this. One thing that I believe in, I try to practice. I try to preach. I practice what I preach. Look, call me a snitch. Call me, you, call me what you want to call me. If stuff is going on that I see in my neighborhood, in my community, I'm saying something. I'm doing something about it. I'm not worried about you with your gun or with whatever weapons you got. I'm not scary. I'm not afraid of what you got. Look, look. I'm more afraid of what I. I'm. A, I'm more afraid of not telling than I am telling. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, if you don't say something, if you don't break the silence against domestic violence and make the decision, a conscious decision to save a life. You are a part of the problem. We all are yes, a part of the problem. We are continuing to perpetuate the violence if we don't step yes, up and not just put our money where our mouth is, but also put our actions toward it. You just can't give money and walk away from the situation. All of us Absolutely. have got to support one another's initiatives, get out here, begin to speak about it, because we cannot change what we refuse to talk about. Absolutely. Yes, 
And, and, and you know, and one of the things that is so important, and, and you're saying that, and I'm saying, and I, I'm saying that this is being recorded. As all of our shows are, people can go back and listen to them. And we're going to be sending this absolute. We're going to be sending this particular broadcast, as well as some others, to different places. Now, why? If you know anything about me for for my entire life, I am very much on this. If it was about promoting me, I could have done that there years ago. But That's it's right. never been about promoting me. It's about change. I'm not in it for the name. I'm in it for the change. And if That's we can right. affect change, that's what has to happen. But just that's as exactly sure as I'm right. on this radio show tonight, I already I am looking for, I have a contact now that I'm looking to reach out to Ray McDonald, his father, his family. I'm looking to reach out to even uh, Ray Rice. I'm, li- I'm willing faster, to look. we got to educate. In order yeah, to I'm willing to reach out to them. Let me let me share some with you. The NFL, we, we got to understand there are a lot of issues there. A couple of years ago, Ben Rothenberg was accused of basically sexually assaulting a woman. Uh-huh. Ben, ben got out of that situation. Rather easy, matter of fact. Matter of fact, it kind of like poof, went away. Uh-huh. Never lose two games suspension, but it went away. The NFL was not going to have one of their prominent quarterbacks, and might I say prominent white quarterbacks, uh-huh. to go down like that. Problem is now is that what we're seeing is the surfacing of a lot of our guys that are coming up with domestic violence. We've got to have some intervention and some strong intervention and prevention things to happen. So those of you that are listening and those of you that might not that might be listening now, you can contact me even off of the air, area code 561 Two zero one two four four three. That's the way that you can reach me. Why is this important? Because we've got to reach beyond ourselves. Now, listen, our time that's is almost right. gone, but I, but I have my dear friend that's on the line, the president and the founder of Mothers Against Murders Association, none other than my dear friend, uh, Angela. Welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor. Hi, everyone. Uh, Hello. I'm doing good. It's- hey, how are you doing? I'm a little bit under the weather, but I was listening to the show since it began, and um, I can hope I can stay out for longer, so I clicked in one, uh, because I know the pastor is doing so much incredible work in domestic violence, and he's not getting recognized enough. And we need more people like the pastor, as the other man was saying earlier. We just need everybody mm-hmm. to come aboard with this. You know, we can't do it by ourselves. He can't That's do it by right. himself. And it's going, to take a, it's going to take a whole army to do this. I mean, all right. over the entire country to fight this battle. You know, so. It is a real battle. I, I mean, have this cold lady. Yeah, but, but it's a real battle. And I, I'm going to echo what you said to a certain degree. I mean, Angela, and, and you, can, you, you can feel it in. I know your voice is not feeling the best. You started your organization, Mothers Against Murders Association, as a result of your, nep- your cousins, your nephews being killed. Sisless violence. Fast yes. forward, now you've been doing this what? The organization been there what? Twelve years, thirteen? How long? How many years there? Mother against murder. Eleven, been, been, eleven years now. Eleven years. Eleven. Now you started off with that, and I know the numbers ever changing. Share with our audience how many funerals that you've had to go to because of senseless gun violence inside of the uh, work right that now, you do with mother. Yes, I'm at two forty six now, Pastor. Two hundred forty-six funerals. Uh, we've been having, you know, we've been having a lot of murders here lately, unfortunately. And, and, and in my family, I'm at the fourteenth 
I hate to say that, but I have lost 14 to gun violence here in Pumichi County. But I do have mothers in my group have lost their loved ones to domestic violence. Absolutely. And and that's one of the things that are there. There's no, there's nothing to replace that type of pain. See, we can talk about grieving and grief all we want to. Listen, there's a total different mindset when there's a loved one who have transitioned that was sick, a loved one that's who was elderly, right. Amen. A, a loved one who, you know, mm-hmm. who you say, well, they've lived a long life. That's totally different from the trauma and, 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 and the tragedy and the travesty of you getting a phone call and your daughter, your niece, your cousin has been killed in their lives. Their lives have been snuffed out by domestic violence. And in so many cases now, not only is, is the victim killed, but children are killed inside of it. And all of yes, a sudden you're trying to wrap your mind around, my God, what happened. How is it that I just saw this person seven hours ago and you're telling me That's that they're fine. dead? And in, and, and in cases where the individual who murdered them have set up, under, have set and pulled their, their feet up under your table, who have sat yes. in your house and, think, and you're trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. And these are the issues here that we don't want to talk about because, you know what, we have given too many excuses for it. Anger is an emotion. Violence is a choice. Yes. So we have to understand that even inside of the treatment of domestic violence, it's not an anger management model, a module. It is about understanding the behavior, understanding the action, understanding how do you process, why do you process that way? Why do you feel that you're entitled to do this? Why do you feel a need to dominate this person and to control this? What is it about it? Do you feel too lonely and too powerless unless you have something to control? That's an issue. That has nothing to do with the woman or the victim. That has everything to do with the individual that is doing it. And until we begin to have these type of heart-to-heart type of mind, I'm all for all the stuff that we've learned clinically and all that stuff, and it's great. There is a place for it. But we, as a grassroots level, it is time to take this to where it needs to be. The ruin of a nation begins in the home of its people, and we've got to understand this is real. We're not making an industry out of this thing. We see so many entities that have made the issue of domestic violence more or less an industry, and we have forgotten about the individuality of what happens to families. They're ruined. They're destroyed. Generations are, uh, generations are oftentimes impacted by this. Generations, whole generation wiped out. Do you understand for a father, a mother who loses their daughter? or even their son to domestic violence, that ends a generation. It kills You really have, you got this. Like, I'm sitting here, like, in amazement. I know we have talked many, many times, but, Pastor, you have it. You get it. And the children that are left, like my little nephew, he's now eight. He was two years old when his mother was shot six times. And his father is the one that shot her. So his father goes to prison. She's buried. My sister is now an alcoholic just to try to deal with the pain. And this entire family is completely, they're destroyed. They don't understand. They can't get it. I'm fighting. I'm doing everything that I can to leave a different legacy for my family. And it appears that nobody cares. And I can't give up the fight. I thank God for you, Pastor Thicklin, 
I thank you. Well, you know, take this opportunity just to thank bottom of my heart for what you are doing. Well, I thank each and every one of you, and, and you know, and, and Cynthia, the work that you've done, and it's, it's amazing to say that even in the midst of us all trying to do good work, you know, the Bible said when when we would do good, evil is always present. It didn't say that we did the evil, but there's always evil around to try to stop what needs to happen. And I'm going to say this for the record: if we're going to deal with this issue of domestic violence. We've got to understand this is real. And so there's a lot of institutionalized places that are there that are mainstream that somehow or another think that they got the monopoly on how to address domestic violence. And so oftentimes they're not friendly with the grassroots organization. They look That's down right. upon them. They snarl upon them. And to the point that they won't even participate. I've learned that if we're going to live in this life, that we have to always be committed to be a lifetime student. Though people That's may right. say, and I'm dubbed as a domestic violence expert, I, I, I take the title and put it to the side because I believe to the expert there's only one answer, but to the student there's many possibilities. And so we've got to be a student. My friend, my friend uh, Miles Monroe says it this way, the whole world is my classroom and everybody is my teacher because I learn. And when those organizations shut up their bowels of understanding and compassion to grassroots people, people that have been in the trenches, people like yourself, Angela, that has been there, we've shown up at the same Sorry. domestic violence murders and things before, people that have been there in the trenches, been the raw emotion of people. Cynthia, you know what it's like when you talk about your niece who was, who was brutally murdered and type of have been in the grassroots trenches of these situations. It's not a game for us. It's not about just dollars and cents. It's about putting your dollar with your cents and let's make a difference inside of this matter and stop dividing. And I say that on a night where I have been in contact, have literally reached out to three mainstream domestic violence quote-unquote centers. And let me tell you, I reached out to them in July. In July. Then in early August, and not one of them have returned the call yet, in spite of the okay. telephone call and the email. Why? Okay. Because they're intimidated, because I'm a man, and I'm a black man, and I'm a man of faith that is talking about this issue. And guess what? I represent what they don't want to talk about. Right. And once again, that stereotype that is there, that stereotype yes. that is there, you know, that we can't do this work. Well, the devil is a liar. We've been doing it, and we're not going to stop because I believe that there are folks that are going to galvanize with me and come together, and we're going to make this happen. And then, listen, through every vehicle and means that we have, whether it is the Cynthia Wilsons and her and her domestic violence plays and shows, whether it is the Mothers Against Murderers Association inside of all that they do to help children and help that, whether it's through the, the seminars and education and forums that we do, whatever matter it is, we've got to do what we need to do for our community. Because once again, it says to us that we are not paying attention to the victimization of children that witness this, but we will jump on it when they become that's the criminalization of who they are. And until we deal with the victimization, we dare not try to jump on them into criminalization. Because some little boy, there's a Ray Rice that is in somebody's house right now. There is a Ray McDonald that is growing up in somebody's house right now. And guess what? We might not see it now, but we will see it later. And until we address it now, it's just a matter of the seed growing. For every seed will reproduce after its own kind. 
Mm. We got to uproot the seed, and we got to change some things. I'm sorry. I kind of went into the other mode there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tonight, you're listening oh, to Hope Healing. Yeah. Turn it up on us. <laughs> we're we're at the, we're actually here at toward the end of the show. What a show it's been tonight, inside of uh, everything that has been on. And uh, and I I, I I just really want to before I close, I'm, I'm going to bring uh, Tony back on. I know that he's he's with us there, and uh, Tony, you're back on the air. I, uh, I'm sorry what happened. I think that was the pastor Thicklin who came over and took over J.R. Thicklin and everything, but uh, uh, it's a passionate <laughs> subject. It's one to be passionate and you about. Had some, you had some great information, though, Jay. You won your third close, but you had some great information, brother. <laughs> I admonish you, man, to keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep, keep, you know, keep it aware, man. Keep being that beacon of light out there. Well, we all have to, and uh, I couldn't do it without each and every one of you and those that are listening, even those that did not choose to come on the air, but I, I greatly appreciate it, uh, especially to uh, to everyone that is out there. Uh, uh, this was a very uh, special to me. Uh, I was so glad to have Cynthia back on the air, and let, and let that be a message to uh, the naysayers out there that uh, think that they can stop anything, that they cannot stop anything, because what God have ordained, God God will provide for it, and he will guide it, and I believe that. Amen. So it takes each and every one of us to make this different, each and every one of us to make this difference inside of our community. And so as I get ready to close out tonight, what I really want to challenge everyone again that are listening out there, go to our Facebook page, go to our GoFundMe page. It's called Help Us Save Lives. Help Me Save Lives from uh, the Devastation of Domestic Violence. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, Domestic Violence, it is your business. Jay Ficklin, uh, and now it's J.R. Ficklin on uh, Facebook or uh, Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship. It is there. But whatever you do, listen, tell a friend, tell a neighbor. It's time now. The real challenge is will we stand up, speak out about this issue here. And I want each and every one of you to join me, whether you're listening uh, live tonight or you're catching it on a rebroadcast. As we're launching our campaign for the month of October, National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, it's called Man Up, Stand Up against domestic violence. I'm looking for all well-meaning men, men that understand the fact that there is no excuse for domestic violence to join us out of this. Let's show the world that we can be real men, because real men know that there's no excuse for abuse. Till next time, this is J.R. Ficklin. I'm so very glad that you've joined us. Have a great day. God bless and be safe.